Welcome to Crosstalks, conversations that drive innovation. In this podcast, we featured well-known payments expert Hugo Cuevas-Moore. This series is based on his 2023 book, Sending Money, Forex, Remittances, Immigration, and the Fintech Revolution, which dives into the evolution of the cross-border financial services industry. Crosstalks is published by Crosstech, a conference and consultancy service company based in Miami, Florida. Each episode is 24 to 28 minutes long. Thank you for listening. Hi, welcome to episode two of Sending Money, Technology, the Road to Digitization. And I will explore the impact of technology in cross-border financial services and how inventions, mainly in communications, have created the payments revolution that we are witnessing today. EFTs, or Electronic Funds Transfers, were initiated with telex. Then came the fax, then internet, and so on. Technology evolution built this industry. Amiyatosh Purnanandam, professor of finance at the University of Michigan, wrote in July 2021 in Forbes magazine the following. Technology innovations have reshaped financial markets for hundreds, if not thousands, of years. Advancement in metallurgical engineering led to the creation of metal coins. The invention of the printing press facilitated the widespread use of paper currency. The electronics and communication revolution led to the development of the ATMs. The list is endless. But there is something unique about the recent disruption. Instead of financial firms using technology to create innovative products, tech firms are now directly entering the banking space with novel solutions for customers. The existential threat to banks from fintechs, which are now emerging based on technology and the opening of markets to allow them to develop, is in truth a relative new debate. Let me state that every money transfer has two components. One is the sending data, the information transmitted, who sends it, to whom it is sent, how much to pay, what information is required at the origin to make this payment correctly at the destination. And two is the value of the transaction, the value exchange, the amount to be sent by the company receiving the funds at the origin to the company paying at the destination. Apart from the customer's money that must pass from one company to another, a portion of the value corresponds to the revenues of each company, which pays the costs and leaves a profit. Now, major technological changes in our industry have occurred in the communication component the speed and the security of the data transmission, the evolution from analog to digital, digitization of this industry. We're still in the early stages of the technological solution that will drastically change the value exchange component. Can the value travel with the data? That's where cryptocurrencies and blockchain come in. Until now, the information and the funds in this industry travel different routes. That might be changing. It is unsurprising that Western Union was originally a telegraph communications company or that RIA Money Transfer, a major U.S. MTO, 
was founded in 1987 as RIA Telecommunications of New York. Also, mobile technology companies entered the remittance business and saw successes like Vodafone, Safaricoms, and PESA service in Kenya, which began in 2007, or that other telecommunication companies such as IDT became payment service providers. Transfer2, an international mobile top-up company, entered the payment space and split the company afterwards in two. Thunes, which is the cross-border payment aggregator, and DT1, which is the mobile top-up solution and rewards provider. Migrants have always sought services to communicate with their loved ones and send them money. The evolution towards providing these services together on the same platform is obvious. Let's start with the telex. You've probably never seen one, and if you have, you're probably older than me. Fintech 1.0 was driven by the completion of the first transatlantic telegraph cable in 1866, which marked the beginning of a gradual transition from the analog world to the digital world. In this Fintech 1 wave, we could include the first telegraphs. Starting in 1838, Telegraphs were used commercially and gradually became more sophisticated and were used and perfected during World War I. They were slow but reliable. It took 108 seconds to transmit 25 written words. The Telex, short for Teleprinter Exchange, began in Germany as a research and development program and in 1923, the Reichspost used a system handling 66 words per minute. After World War II, the system spread throughout the world. In 1931, AT&T introduced its first telex service. In 1962, Western Union Telegraph Company established its own system. Now, do you know when telex services officially ended? 2008. That's when AT&T and British Telecom announced that they will no longer provide telex use. SWIFT the acronym for Society for Worldwide Interbank Telecommunication, was founded in Belgium in 1973 by 239 banks from 15 countries. It is a users cooperative that created a system for international interbank payments. When it began operating in 1977, interconnecting telex machines, the number of affiliated institutions exceeded 500. In the 90s, the telex system was adapted for internet use and has continuously been improved. It has surpassed 10,000 institutions by the start of this decade. Telex was the first technology used by the very early money remittances and exchange companies. It was an efficient and secure method of transmitting lists of sender names, beneficiaries, contact telephone numbers, locations, amounts to pay, etc. The lists were compiled and recorded on a paper tape, which encoded the data with a system of perforated holes, similar to a pianola. And once the tape was inserted, the message was then transmitted when a telephone connection was made, and the telex machine on the other end will receive it and print the text. 
However, the high cost of the machines and the connection costs greatly limited their use by small businesses. In 1987, when I came to work for my family's foreign exchange company, we had a telex and it was used for the transmission of the first list of remittances from the US sent by a company in New York that had collected the information. Soon after came the fax. The fax was undoubtedly the major driver of the money remittance industry worldwide. Unlike telex, the fax, which is a shortened form of the word facsimile, was relatively inexpensive and was easy to use. Transmitting a document's scanned image required very short calls, resulted in a significant cost reduction. The first commercial version of the fax machine was developed by a Japanese firm, Xerox. In 1966, the Xerox Magnafax was the first model that could be connected to any telephone line and could transmit a letter-sized document in just six minutes. Fax machines became smaller, easier to use, and faster. And faxes also moved from analog to digital. You probably have seen a fax and maybe have operated one. If you haven't, you are definitely very young. Faxes were distributed by money transfer operators, MTOs, to their branches and agents, thus building expansive networks in the sending countries. Companies in receiving countries did the same thing. They installed fax machines in their own branches and agents' offices too. I probably distributed more fax machines to ethnic businesses in New York and New Jersey than a Xerox salesman, and I taught many, many people to use a fax. The first payment networks were established, and credit and control mechanisms were gradually developed. A whole system of formal and informal compensation of funds developed internationally. International bank transfers using the SWIFT system were essential for the industry's development. The accelerated migration both to the United States and to Europe, as we will see in the next episode 3, became the big driver, pushing these companies to provide faster, less expensive and more competitive services. Now, before the fax or the telex, migrant funds were moved across border by the post and courier companies using checks and money orders, MOs. Millions of envelopes were sent and delivered in Latin America, for example. These checks and MOs, drawn in US dollar, generated networks of local money changers that needed to turn those checks into local currency. It should be noted that these checks and MOs had to be physically returned to the U.S. to be deposited in bank accounts. Same thing for Europe. By expanding international remittance networks, the facts created significant pressure on regulatory authorities in countries lacking the laws, the rules, and licenses to bring order to the marketplace and supervise these businesses. Since banking services were provided for an elite that held the financial reins in every developing country, the growth of these services went largely unnoticed by the society at large and by the regulators. In countries with restrictive laws, many of these services developed informally, even illegally, using disguised networks established by money changers in a constant struggle. 
In countries without such restrictive laws, the industry's development was much more transparent but equally unknown, with very few press articles and studies reporting on the growing provision of remittances that were being developed outside banking institutions. Banks never really adopted taxes as the money transfer industry did. For banks, it was too complex and insecure to mount banking operations over thousands of fax machines. Fintech 2.0 began with the advent of automated teller machines, or ATMs, in 1967. It was undoubtedly one of the first times the general public had seen a terminal where they could make transactions. However, used mainly for withdrawing money, just replacing the human teller and obtaining account information. But the development of ATMs has been relentless. Still, we might be reaching the peak with nearly 3 million units deployed worldwide. Much of the increase in the last two decades is due to the growth of ATMs in China which in 2013, it surpassed the U.S. and India. Now the growth is only coming from Africa, the Middle East, and to a lesser extent, Latin America. In the U.S., there were about half a million units in, in 2018. 200,000 of them were owned by banks and about 300,000 by non-bank companies. Despite so many technological developments based on ATMs and digital kiosks, their use in international payments and remittances has been minimal. However, some banks and payment companies in the sector currently use them and are developing payment networks based on them, either origin or destination. In 2013, the company Nexo Financial sold its network of 200 kiosks designed for money transfers to MoneyGram which made a major effort to develop its kiosk network worldwide. Maya Labs uh, has been marketing its Maya ATM for money transfers at several events in the U.S., including CrossTech. And as consultants, we've worked with uh, Banco Afirmi in its distribution network development in Mexico for remittances. As far as Bitcoin ATMs or BTMs, the growth in the United States has been impressive. There were around 20,000 units in September 2020, and this number has tripled, reaching more than 70,000 in 2022. LibertyX and CoinMe have about 50% of that market. Similar to the low use of ATMs in money remittances, payment cards have also been largely unused as a tool for sending and receiving remittances. Besides their use as the funding instrument for digital remittances in apps, no? many companies have made significant efforts to replace cash with cards on both sides of a remittance corridor, but without really much success. The acceptance of cards by remittance agencies is growing in both the U.S. and Europe, replacing the use of cash to some extent. Card companies such as Visa, MasterCard, and UnionPay have explored many ways to enter the remittance and cross-border payment space. After various pilots, successes, some failures, they are now better equipped to impact the industry significantly. Recently, during a fireside chat that I moderated at CrossTech World in 2022 in Miami, Visa directs Richard Mazaros explained to the cross-border payment industry their money transfer solution that several aggregators and MTOs are now implementing. 
Visa is also developing a B2B payment service, tailored mostly for banks. Fintech 3.0 is the wave we recognize, the one that has created the payments revolution. Many scholars fail to recognize the money transfer sector as the seed for fintech companies' global expansion. With $600 billion in spending on technology products and services in 2021, growing 65 to 7% per year, the financial sector is one of the top buyers of technology worldwide. And this is by no means a recent trend. An interesting fact about banks and tech companies. The financial crisis of 2009 initiated a growing public and political concern about the performance of banks, causing confidence in them to deteriorate while confidence in technology companies grew. When in 2015, a survey in the U.S. revealed that only 37% of the public had confidence in a bank like Citibank, while that of Google or Amazon exceeded 60%. That came as a shock at that moment. In terms of confidence in institutions, Gallup's yearly polls have not shown a major shift for banks. Fintechs have largely focused their efforts on targeting young consumers in domestic markets. Due to the success of some of these first fintechs having achieved high adoption rates quickly, Young entrepreneurs in the fintech sector have received millions of dollars from investors. From 2010 to 2019, the value of investments worldwide increased dramatically, exceeding $200 billion in 2019. Despite a small drop during the COVID pandemic, the value of investments have remained consistent at around $200 billion per year. The U.S. remains the mecca for global fintech investment, even though its financial system comprises such a patchwork of regulations. Mobile payments have undoubtedly been one of the biggest successes in this technological age. Africa is where the fintech M-Pesa, which emerged from the telecommunications industry, developed a payment system that revolutionized Kenya and the rest of Africa. Competitors in this market, such as Airtel, Orange, MTM, and other MMOs, mobile money operators, MMOs, are in the race to develop better financial products with commercial agreements with MTOs, other fintechs, and banks. In these regions where banking services have not achieved the presence that they have in the first world, Fintechs have managed to reach large populations eager for simple mobile solutions that governments have decided to support, despite the loving of banking institutions. Regulations of both the communications and the financial sector have come head-to-head -head in many countries. In remittance sending and receiving markets, many communication companies have applied for licenses as financial services providers and regulators have adapted the regulatory frameworks to help these companies provide money transfer services. Every mobile operator has analyzed the provision of financial services, and the GSMA, Groupe Especial Mobile Association, is the association of the mobile companies, GSMA, created its mobile money 
program aimed at supporting and disseminating the provision of MMO services. Fintechs who benefit from technology innovations in communications and payments have tried not to be classified as one or the other and have even demanded their own regulatory framework. They have achieved a special status in some countries. However, regulators have been stringent in controlling their entry into the financial sector. Though significant improvement has been made, uh, forced mostly by the fear of undermining innovation. Many traditional MTOs, medium or small, have found it difficult to keep up with the IT development in recent years. They had neither the size nor the investment capacity to keep up in the race for technology updates, which has become increasingly necessary. But industry software companies uh, such as um, Remit One, White Wings, Remit Anywhere, Control Money, and others are providing the systems that keep these traditional companies in the market, updating the systems regularly. Many more companies are competing to provide the core systems for cross-border payments, easily adaptable and manageable cloud solutions for MTOs. Banks also use these software providers to manage remittances and connect their bank mainframes with cross-border payment networks. Payment as a service, white-label products are coming online as we speak. Fintech 4.0. No one can deny that the beginning of the cryptocurrency and blockchain era has been stormy and controversial. Since Bitcoin Genesis block appeared in 2008, it has only been about 15 years. The regulation of remittances took around 30 to 40 years. So it is a relief to think that this new sector is getting the necessary attention to achieve the regulatory transparency that is essential for a better and more orderly development, and perhaps with fewer disasters and victims than before. The underlying technology of cryptocurrencies is blockchain. The Bitcoin blockchain has close to 800,000 blocks by July 2023 and it grows one block every 10 minutes. Since blocks are confirmed faster by the Ethereum blockchain, it's growing three times faster than Bitcoin's blockchain, reaching 10 million blocks in 2020. In addition to the public blockchains, there are private blockchains developed by some institutions to communicate with each other, or a company like Ripple or Stellar. Ripple and Stellar have been very active in the money transfer space, bringing solutions to the industry. Competition over the speed of information and transaction processing and the cost of processing data has created unprecedented technological advances. Blockchains are used in the financial world to interconnect companies, group of companies, banks, financial institutions, with their regulators, etc. A few pilot programs in the financial world have failed to produce the expected results, but other pilots are moving forward while we eagerly wait to see them succeed. The big change that this technology can create in our industry is that the two components of a money transfer the transaction data and the value can be sent together from origin to destination. 
digital money can travel along with the information to enact immediate payment. So compensation can occur simultaneously. No previous technology has achieved this simultaneous delivery of data and value. The idea of achieving this has pushed other systems already in use to seek this same ideal. A global regulation approach is difficult to achieve. Each country will probably follow its own path, and then negotiations and interconnections will probably occur. We can be certain that the world powers such as the US, the European Union, China, Russia, will largely determine the regulatory future of cryptocurrencies. Now some new financial centers, such as the UAE, could also play a role here. The development of CBDCs, Central Bank Digital Currencies, CBDCs, and Stable Cryptocurrencies, or Stablecoins, which are cryptocurrencies that maintain their price by matching the currency with the dollar or the euro. Those are technological developments that will mark a turning point and maybe consolidate the technological leap that will lead to the era of fintech 4.0. Let's talk about Web 1.0, 2.0, and 3.0. After the advent of the facts, the most crucial component of the great technological evolution for cross-border payments has been the development of the internet and the web. Without the internet, we wouldn't be talking about fintech 3.0 or 4.0. Now, Web 1.0 refers roughly to the period 1991 to about 2004, when a large percentage of the sites consisted of static pages, where users were consumers, not content producers. It is called the read-only web. Web 2.0 is based on the idea of the web as a platform and focuses on user-created content uploaded to forums, social networks, and services such as blogs and wikis that began around 2004-2005 and continue to the present day. It is called the participative social web. Wikipedia is the best example of UGC user-generated content. And TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, and others are great examples of user participation in platform development. Web 2.0 also gave rise to cloud services that have become more sophisticated every day. Cloud services use servers where programs are uploaded and accessed by thousands of computers from any place in the world at the same time. Information is stored and accessed in live databases. All fintechs in general, the entire world economy has been shifted to the cloud. Web 3.0 is still a concept, although progress has already been made in the ways it will possibly operate. The term was coined in 2014 by the co-founder of Ethereum, uh, Gavin Wood, his idea is based on creating a decentralized online ecosystem based on the blockchain. It is a quest to democratize the internet that has been, according to many critics, controlled by technology companies like Google that do not look out for the general interest but their own economic results. Their algorithms determine user navigation and manipulate results and pathways. 
Web 3.0 is called the Read, Write, and Execute Web. Whatever the technological advances bring in the next few decades, the financial services industry will certainly be one of the sectors that will first bring innovations to increase customer satisfaction. But most of all, to lower the back office friction that makes the movement of funds internationally slow and costly. That's it for episode two. I'll see you in episode three, where I will discuss migration and how migration contributed to the growth of the money transfer industry. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Crosstalks, Conversations That Drive Innovation. The book, Sending Money, is available on Amazon. For comments, questions, and feedback, use our social media channels, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. See you soon.